What's going on, everyone? Uh, hope you are well. Uh, today is an absolute amazing episode. I have uh, assembled seven ninjas uh, from episode four of Australian Ninja Warrior uh, onto the podcast. Absolutely phenomenal. Three of them being the furthest fastest from the last three seasons. So we've got Charlie Robbins, Rob Patterson, Fred Dorrington, along with a few other extremely talented ninjas uh, returning uh, with uh, amazing track records. So it was it was a it was a really really nice chat of bringing in such a, a group of of amazing talent. Uh, they're really learning uh, really what the best of the best uh, and how they operate. Um, I learned some new things too, so I, I'm going to be taking some of the stuff that I've heard today and, and applying it uh, when I get back to competing. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's there's tremendous amounts of value uh, in this episode, so make sure you listen very closely. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Aussie Grip, who make the best training grips uh, in Australia. So if you're thinking about getting some grips to, to have at home, Make sure you use the code Kadeem10, which will be in the show notes as well as a link straight to their site. All right, enjoy this episode. The you know how we're talking about how tight everything was filmed, yeah, yeah. like back to back, you know, hectic shooting schedule. Yeah. I reckon in the edit to make it feel like it still breathes and stuff like that, they're going to rotate how much we see of different people a yeah. bit more, maybe, yeah. so it's not just mm. the same stuff over and over again. I think it's a story um, if you didn't feature at all from the beginning, because then you technically don't exist. Yeah, you know, definitely. If they show you in some form, you might pop up later. Hey, hey, the assassin, Geordie, I think you're covered for states as well. Anyway, Looney was cracked up on us again. Silent assassin. A silent assassin strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, just stealthing. I love in. that. Where did silent assassin even come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause like, I think it's oh, because the they were like, oh, and the silent assassin. I'm like, who, who calls him that? Yeah. No, it's because they ghosted him for like three seasons and he's been dominating <laughs> this whole time. And then they yeah. were like, oh, how, how do we explain that? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to get Charlie in. He's just having some issues. Um, and Clem should be joining us soon. Full house. And this is the biggest assemble. Assembly of, of uh, ninja superstars I've ever had. My God, I can't handle this. <laughs> <laughs> you can handle this, Kadeem. Oh, mate. No one can. You can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Maddie, thanks for sneaking away, man. Just he's only got like twenty minutes, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we can uh, we can we we can do. But um, Bryson, how? Uh, so what's going on? So you, you, you went back to Sydney and then you're back in Queensland. You're just all over the place. Just all over the place. Hey, yeah, no, I just went back to visit some family and friends. who I just, you know, completely ghosted when I moved to <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> um, so that was really nice, but uh, I'm very, very glad to be back, back in Brizzy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, I think we'll, we'll get started with without every. They'll they'll come in. We'll we'll just we'll get it all sorted. But uh, guys, thanks for thanks so much for coming on, man. I've I've been really appreciative of, of everyone giving up their time so far, as I've been doing this. Um, it's just really nice to sort of bring everyone together after each episode, discuss what happened. But then also, I haven't seen any of you guys and some of you in so long, so it's mm -hmm. actually just an excuse for me to 
say good day and, 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 and catch up. So I'm sort of masking all that as a podcast, but, <laughs> but guys, well done last night. That was probably, yeah, obviously the, the probably the best episode we've, we've had so far. It's absolutely you, amazing. Have you seen booked? No. Ah. We can hear you now, Matt. Yes. I've just figured out, um, my mic wasn't working. I've got my headset in. So somebody just tried to jump in this medium room. <laughs> you got to tell like, them, mate. You got to tell them there's, there's, uh, there's priorities. <laughs> like, yeah, sorry, this is booked. Um, <laughs> strict business um, medium. <laughs> love it. Oh, man. All right. Just give me one sec, guys. I'm just having, uh, Charlie's having some issues. Um, let me just try and send him a password. Just give me one sec. Yeah, they um, asked me what my ninja name was and I just said Matt so I don't know where this silent is lasting <laughs> yeah silence. yeah what the heck's up with that <laughs> oh, no. uh, cool, cool, cool but it's not anymore it's gonna have yeah. four sorry Freddie's trying to join just give me one sec I um I enjoy when Freddie is interviewing you Maddie because it's like we're watching Ninja Warrior UK hey <laughs> <laughs> that's so true yeah Oh man, this is absolutely full. We've got Fred still coming and Clem hopefully should join on at some point. Holy shit, there's a lot of people in here. Yeah, man. (laughs) Just random, just random. Oh, here comes Freddy. Wow. 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 How's everyone going? Freddy. Hey. How's it going? Good, good. All right. Uh, we're still waiting for Clem. Um, hopefully, Clem will work it all out. But anywho, uh, Charles, Freddie, thank you so much for coming on. I was just saying to the boys before, what a fantastic uh, night that was of Ninja. I mean, probably the best night we've had so far. Um, the course was still very technical, which um, I really enjoyed. But obviously, you know, the best could, uh, could bring the fire. So it was really, really good. Um, so, boys, uh, I've got a sort of general question for everyone, which I'll just do the rounds with everyone. Maddie, I'll start with you because, you know, you got to yep. do it soon. But the general question is, you know, once you had gotten accepted for the show, uh, what was everyone's sort of training at the time? What was everyone sort of focusing on? And then once you knew you were on, uh, did you change your training? What were you then focusing on? Uh, what was the game plan? I mean, I'm sure everyone's the game plan was to win. But in general, um, I guess, based off last season's results, what were you were you focused on uh, improving upon? Uh, so, Matt, I'll start with you, man. Um, I guess my, the main thing I was focusing on was uh, obviously con- to be consistent and to not fail on the obstacles, but that didn't work out too well. <laughs> and then I guess uh, I did more, like more, I, I remember in season three, I, was, I would get out of breath super easily. And I did a little more endurance in my pull-ups and more endurance, like just to be like a weekly jog. And that just improved my recovery time in between. I could um, recover. I think that made the biggest difference this year. Yeah, right. I didn't catch the first bit. I think it broke up a bit, but I think I got the gist of it. <laughs> oh. Um, Freddie, what about you? I know you, you're running around, mate. What about you? Where was, what was your focus point? 
season four, my focus was, yeah, it's definitely set, uh, sights were set on Midoriyama. Yeah. So I was doing a bunch of rope training um, just so that, you know, if I was to do that for I'd be confident with my ability to get up it. Yeah. Um, and again, the classic for me was just dialing in um, last minute of endurance, but actually a few months out from when we were supposed to be filming, I started doing more strength and power based stuff so I could get in and get out of it because as I've seen all of you other weapons do so confidently. So I knew that was one of my weaknesses. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. Rayna, what about you, mate? What was going on for you in your training? Um, well, unlike the rest of these freaking superheroes who just smashed it from the start, I had a great experience of coming in like a shaky kook and just like failing dismally last year. So that really rocked me a bit. And um, it made me focus a lot on mentality more than everything. So for me, I always try and like, if you haven't realized, I try and like train with people who are way better than me all of the time so I can rise to their level and learn how they think and act. And fortunately, like with PARS being so good, we managed to scout a bunch of talent and even have them permanently move to Brisbane to train with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think 100% the difference from this year and last year was mentality. So just like going to as many comps as possible so that I got used to competing and performing in the moment rather than just treating it like practice mode. And then the like getting rid of that like, oh, it'd be felt terrible if I fell mentality. And instead mm. being like, I'll just hit it with 100% and then just trust like the training and stuff will kick in when I get to it and not worrying so much about like making a mistake. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Now I, I, can, I can relate. Uh, Rob, what about you, buddy? Uh, for myself, I don't really change my training too much. Um, my training is pretty consistent throughout the year. So Matt, how, I try and how keep it twice. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was, I was so confused. I thought you were so wearing good. different things as well. I was like, what the hell? Who's this? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Rob. So, okay. That's all good. Sorry, 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 Rob. So, sorry, say that again. So, y your training's been fairly consistent. So, is that just with gymnastics and... Uh, well, uh, whatever I can do at the time, really. Um, generally, I just, yeah, coming into comp, I don't try and change anything to keep myself in the same mindset. Just keep it super consistent. Just training... Mostly my gymnastics, but a lot of rock climbing this past year as well. Just keeping yeah. it super consistent the whole time. Yeah, amazing. Jordy, what about you? I think you're on mute though. Yep, no, back. Yeah, all good. Okay, Jordy, what about you, man? Um, how was your training? It was terrible. Um, <laughs> like, I'll be honest, like uh, the back end of last year, I decided to break my leg again. And um, I didn't really uh, want that to be part of my preparation, but hey. It worked second season, so I thought I might do it again. Um, so, yeah, I think my preparation this year was mainly, like, I can thank all of my ninja success or abilities because of gymnastics, like, you know, any other gymnast background ninja would. Um, so my main focus is always on gym. So after breaking my leg, I was like, you know what, gym has gotten me to this point, so I'll put all my time and effort to returning back to a certain level of gym fitness. Um, and then hopefully that will complement my ninja. Um, you know, a lot of the... There's like barely any gyms in New South Wales really at the moment. Um, a few have actually popped out recently, but they're pretty far and inconvenient for me at the moment. Mm. So I got more into, you know, bouldering, um, did some rope climbing uh, with Bryson. But I, I don't think, I think I went to the Ninja Gym once. And, you know, that was really unfavorable. And it's, it's hard because, you know, 
it's such a different environment. You can't really replicate it if you don't have some of those, you know, you can try obviously your grip strength and things like that. But when you face an obstacle, that's just so odd. You can't really see that in, you know, um, uh, you know, regular gyms, whatever. So yeah, but I, I came into it feeling pretty strong. Um, and that was the best I could do. And I was happy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Bryson, what about you, champ? Um, yeah. So last year I definitely got a lot more into gymnastics, um, doing some, uh, a little bit like freestyle calisthenics to help a bit more of my explosive power and aerial awareness and all that, um, yep. as well as a lot of uh, rope training. So maintaining that just for the potentiality of getting there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like Joey was saying, like ninja training in New South Wales is sub-ideal. Um, so just, you know, getting heaps of different inputs through climbing, gymnastics, running bit of ninja bit of this bit of that um mm. yeah maintain that consistency and intensity yeah absolutely charlie legend what about you man you um, took, a, took a bit of a dip i remember last year i don't know what you're talking about i think the reason <laughs> i didn't finish the course last year is because i wasn't playing enough golf so i just thought i should play as much golf as possible <laughs> get me over the line <laughs> um no, but I hurt my, not as bad as Geordie, but I hurt my knee um, in November or December. So more of a mental thing. I sort of just avoided training. Like I didn't actually go to the compound for like ages up and like leading up to the show. Um, but I was doing heaps of climbing and um, yeah, so not too much compound training, but I normally train a fair bit throughout the year anyway. So I didn't feel like... I was missing out on much. It was more of just like chill time and whatever. But um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was fine. Nothing yeah. special. Just do everything the same as normal, I suppose. Yeah. I thought it was, you'd reached a point at the compound where everything was just so easy. I thought you thought, you know what? I'm just going to stay, <laughs> stay in the peninsula. No, no. <laughs> Not quite. Um, but no guys, again, like absolute phenomenal performances from, from everyone. I, I really enjoyed watching that. Even you, Maddie, I mean, you were flying so much that I'm not sure exactly what happened. Do you recall what happened? Like, how did you just trip over your own feet and then, oh wait, no, no, sorry. That's not what you, that was someone else. Winston Lane. Um, yeah. What happened? Um, what happened for you? Were you just going just so fast? You, you didn't process what was going on with the, with the bar? Um, I felt very pressured because uh, I knew there was going to be a tough time to beat. So I was like, you know what, let's just risk it. So I risked it and I was too much focus was on going as fast as possible. As soon as I grabbed the uh, bar hop, I was just oblivious to the fact that it will come out. I just like, oh yeah, let's keep going. And I went across and as soon as it came out, I was like, Oh fuck. And then (laughs) I actually screamed fuck as I fell. I saw my face was like this. (laughs) <laughs> and yeah um wasn't what i was expecting i was like i was literally just thinking go 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 and because of like the pressure of wanting to go fast as well i just and like that, that heat was uh out of all the heats in season three um the runs i did in season three or season four in total i was the most like anxious and stressed and like pressured in that heat for some reason i don't know if it was because it was such good like competition as well like knowing that all these um weapons are in the heat and uh 
I guess that pressured me and gave me the worst anxiety, you bastards. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's um, funny because even when, I, when we turn up to the hotel, right, you get there like the day before or the day of, and you're kind of walking around the lobby and you're like, oh, Rob, oh, Bryson, Fred, Charlie, mate. You're like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> here? And I was like, you, you can kind of tell like the idea that they're going to go for that episode, you know, that you can yeah. tell who they put together. And I saw, you know, the like past three winners, I'm like, all right, this is what the episode's going to be. And I'm like, but there is so much talent here. This is unbelievable. And you're like, all right, now I feel a little bit more nervous than I thought I was. Yeah, I know, 100%. Raina, what about you? Knowing that it was going to be so stacked, how did that make you feel coming into it? Um, well, it like forced my hand. Because like I've always had this kind of, yeah, you don't know where you sit, especially being like a second batch of ninjas and not being like part of the category that's like already dominating. And seeing yourself up against all of these freaking established weapons, I um I had like a couple of different ways I was going to approach it, and then by the time I got to my heat, it was like two thirty a.m. and they had cancelled my run. Um, they were like, oh, only one more person's running, and they came in and they're like, Donny, and I was like, ah, oh, well, it happens. And then someone came and tapped me on the shoulder and was just like, get in the buggy, and I was on the course. So by that point, I was like, well, I almost didn't run anyway. I may as well go like a thousand percent and see what I can do. Um, and apparently it just worked, eh? That's amazing. I did not realize that. Wow. Yeah, it was hectic. That's intense. So for you, um, so uh, yeah, Bryson, yourself as well. So knowing that you are up against the, uh, you know, the big three, um, how did that make you, how did that make you feel coming into it? Um, I, I like to compartmentalize uh you know the different factors of the ninja course um i can look at it and be like yeah like there's all these big names um but for me it's always been me versus the course um they're definitely definitely with like the time pressure of like you know top two gets the power tower all right like i have to put in a good effort but concerning like everyone who i'm competing against yeah i have to put in a little bit more of an effort um but, you know, I've always sort of had this belief in my ability, uh, which uh, brings a certain level of calmness and um, confidence. Uh, and again, it's just me versus the course. If I do what I know I can do, then I should be sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. And obviously, Rob, Fred, Charlie, they were really, really wanted to put, the, I guess, the pressure on you three. I'll, Rob, I'll start with you, man. How are you feeling uh, about the course, knowing that you're surrounded by all this talent plus trying to then back up what you did in season two. Yeah. Um, look, I know for myself, I'm similar to Bryson. It's, you know, me versus the course. And whilst we all backstage have nerves that I'm just going for ages. Um, once you're up there, you just, it's you and the course you're doing it. You just have to trust your own body. So for me personally, I feel whilst I know that there's so many good athletes and talented people backstage it's just going to be what happens when you get up there so there's no use in um in kind of overly stressing about it or you know trying to overthink anything for mm. me i just try and get up there and do what i can yeah absolutely and fred obviously um from from last season um with being sick and, and everything and not reaching your full potential um how are you feeling coming into into that course 
Yeah, it was interesting coming back from season three because the amount of prep I did for season three, I'd, you know, gone harder on season four. I thought it was sort of aligning up a lot better. I actually had a really bad day leaving at 6 a.m. or 5.30 in Brisbane and felt really sick when I landed. The whole day didn't flow very nicely. Charlie and Rob texted the amount of time we had to spend at the, uh, the warm-up area and doing filming and whatnot. And I ended up going to the course, actually still pumped from warm-up and my hands were aching. And yeah, still wasn't in the zone at all with the added pressure of, from what I saw of the green room, there was 15 or 16 buzzers, like guaranteed buzzers if people just did their thing. Um, so that certainly played on my mind. I need to get this course done. And I think it was just literally walking up to the course. Um, I just took a breather and managed to switch my focus and get, you know, targeting the course and got in and job done sort of thing. Mm, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Charles, how are you feeling? Especially with, I guess, you know, was your knee still bad at that time? Um, it was good enough, but more so, like I said before, it was just mental. Like I didn't take the three steps on the first one because I was scared it would buckle when I go for a big push off. So that's why I sort of just took every step normal. Um, and then when it came to like spider walls and stuff like that, I was sort of like, oh, I don't know how to hold up. But like it was fine, but it was just in my head. Because um, I've never really had much of an injury before. And that was the first one where it sort of put me out for a little bit. Um, I just wasn't sure how to deal with it too well. So it was all just mental. But I was really um, going in, knowing that there was a power tower, I was actually really excited and like really wanted to go hard to get on that. Because in the past, when you know you just have to hit a buzzer to get through, you can sort of take that extra little bit of time in between. And you know that most of the time, if you finish the course, you'll get through. But um, when you're, it was almost like, it felt like it was almost back at a compound comp where you've already had Zach go, you've already had Ash go, and there's already a crazy good time down already. It almost felt like being back at then. So as soon as the, um, it started, I was just like, all right, sweet, just send it, just do what I've done before in other comps. And I was kind of lucky because I had, I think from memory, it went Fred, then Rob, then me, or close enough to that order. So I knew that there were some good times there, which, like I said, it was like being at a compound comp where people had already set good times and you knew that you sort of like, there was the goal and like, you just knew what you had to do. So you could see in the photos, I think I had so much sweat underneath my arms and I reckon that was all from just the anticipation from like, waiting and get, getting like nervous and anxious. I don't reckon any of that sweat was from the actual course. It was just all from like waiting around. Cause I get quite <laughs> beforehand. I don't think anyone noticed Charlie. You, you're good. <laughs> I didn't notice. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, no, I was very keen to, um, cause I know those guys before just mentioned being like them take on the course. I was sort of felt like for this one anyway, it was more so, I've sort of pushed myself that little bit harder because I knew there'd be great times and I really wanted the power tower because it just looks like being so much fun. Mm. No, 100%. Was there, um, this is for everyone, um, was there any aspect of the course that you, when you were being shown, I guess, was a little bit deceptive in regards to until like once you got up to the, the, the obstacles. I mean, you look at the bar hop and you go, eh, it's not too bad from a side angle, but I don't know what the angle, I don't know the actual distance from the, um, the shells, whatever they call them, um, were, or even the uh, the basket toss. It actually looked 
significantly it looked pretty big even from the side so i can't imagine what it was like actually being being on them so um fred i know you're running around so i'll start with you man was there any obstacle for you that sort of threw you off a bit um yeah i think the 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 two you mentioned classic bar hopper we, we saw it in a stage two season two finals you know so it just gives the people at home a bit of an understanding of the difficulty of that obstacle one cradle on each was grippy one was slippery and the span between to the trapeze bar i mean i spanned it but i've got a pretty big span um but i can see how that move when you're in the you know on the actual obstacle can be quite uh, deceptive and if you're not 100 percent sure of whether you're going to be able to span it or lash it or whatever um, that could be quite tricky in the moment. Um, equally, the basket toss was a big gap. Um, normally, there's three baskets in, in a span like that. And to see two was, well, Rob maybe can shed some light on uh, how far it was. But it was a pretty exciting gap and it was pretty awesome to see people just, just fully commit. Like, what's, your, what's your alternative? You know, send it or go home. So, yeah. Yeah. Maddie, what about you, man? Was there anything, well, well was there anything that sort of threw you off looking at it? Um, Size of my hop, <laughs> literally. <laughs> well, looking at the show, uh, people says, "Oh, the pools must have been warm, right?" And I was like, "No, they're not heated; they were cold." And um, <laughs> yeah, the the bar was a lot more uh, slippery than I thought. Because I, yeah, I've been on a salmon ladder and it's like it's solid, but that bar was I was out before I could even think it was moving, you know. Um, but yeah, I was only on the three obstacle, uh, four obstacles. Um, that, that's, yeah, the basket toss I didn't get to go on, but it did look like a big gap. Uh, it looked like a fun obstacle. I would prefer the basket toss over the shelf grab, just because I feel like you could. You've there's one, there's three shelf grabs, and I feel like it would be you've got more chance for error in the basket toss. You can just swing your arms out and grab anywhere where the shelf grab you've got that. Um, you know, narrow hold you've got to grab. So I would say, I, 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 in my personally, I would think it, the basket toss would be easier if you're good at, you know, lashing and swinging. But if you, you know, got better, you like you're more precise, then maybe um, the third heat was would be an easier night. That's just mm. my perspective. Mm, no, interesting, Jordy. What about you? Um, yeah, I probably agree. Like the when you just go through the course run through. The looking at the basket toss, like I really love that kind of obstacle, you know, lache and swing and stuff. But it was like, oh crap, this is a lot further than you think. Um, and definitely being up there, after I did the obstacle, I was like, wow, I was in the air for a lot longer than I thought I would have been. Um, and it doesn't really mean much because you're already in the air and whatever happens is going to happen. Um, but that's one. And it was, to be honest, that was my favorite obstacle out of all of them. Um, another one that I like pretty much just cooked was this, <laughs> the second obstacle. I don't know what happened. Like I was on the, the butterfly wall, right? And just, I just thought I could have turned around and pretty much grab the, um, the rope. And so I turned around, I was like, yeah, whatever. And then there was just, I was like, oh, there's like an extra you know, foot or whatever to the rope. And so I was already kind of almost leaning into it and falling. And then I did this weird air jump where my leg wasn't even you know, jumping off anything. I kind of just fell onto the rope and caught. And I was like, what the hell? So, um, yeah, to be honest, I, I just really misjudged that one. And that just goes to show that sometimes you have to, like, you know, you can't go in it thinking how the obstacle is going to be. You have to, you know, play it as you go and um, 
not have an idea of how it's going to work out or where the rope's going to exactly be. It's always going to be changing and evolving every time you're on it. It's always going to be different. So, um, yeah, those two obstacles for me were just ones that, you know, I was different than just looking at them, you know, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. Raina, what about you, man? Um, I had like visualized through every movement, like so much in prep because I was in, in the ground for like eight hours um so that by the time i was actually on the course and i think it's it's actually a secret hack that i don't think i realized was a thing until i did it but when you're going that fast you can't not be in the flow state like you have no room to panic Mm. it has to be just going through the motions and for me i didn't even really get a chance to like take that in um i suppose the only thing that was probably different to what i was um, going through in my head was that gap from the first bar hop to the the um, middle bar that that catch um, which I thought I would be able to span like kind of flowy but I ended up just throwing it like as like a chest through um, and I didn't expect to do that um, so yeah I think that's a place where other people maybe who tried to span it came off and I was pretty fortunate that I um that I um went went to that instead of trying to um you know, get panicky or do something else in that moment. So I think that's probably the one place that I might've really come unstuck watching it back, but yeah, it worked. So that was good. Oh, hundred percent. Rob, what about you, man? Was there anything that threw you off? Um, looking at the course from the side, no, there was nothing that particularly I looked at and went, ah, that's not doable. But as Fred was saying earlier, that basket toss was quite a big one. You know, they usually have the three baskets in there. And if you, you watch my run back, um, um, as I released, I just realized I undercooked it a bit. So my heart was in my mouth the entire time through that air. And again, if you watch it back, it's fingertip catch. And it was just the biggest sigh of relief as I caught that and held. Um, so it was just, it was a bigger toss than I think we were expecting. But apart from that, the course was a really flowy, fun course. No, absolutely. Bryson, I know you're cool, calm and collective, but was there anything that, uh, you went, oh, um, okay, hold on. On the, on the course, not overly, mainly because I've like already been on pretty much every obstacle that was in our heat before, um, so I was relatively new what to expect. However, the power tower threw me for a loop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those steps were like way bigger than I was expecting, and the like how much the balance beam wobbled, it was just, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, that threw me. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Charles? Um, yeah, similar to Bryson, the only obstacle that I hadn't tried was the basket toss. Um, so I had done a bar hopper before and I'd done the butterfly wall before. Um, so I was feeling confident on that. The only thing, I took a few seconds, the only thing I can remember about thinking about when I was on the course was because I was trying to flow the bar hopper, I was thinking about just jumping and catching with my body back just two hands straight to the bar and then pulling through and going that first one. And then when I looked down, I'm like, crap, that's actually a fair way away. So then I sort of like grabbed the rope and then just did like a pullback on the rope. And it obviously was just as quick, but that's the only thing I sort of paused at. Um, I was a little bit worried with the basket toss that you'd start getting a sideward swing. Um, but I think we've trained enough like unorthodox things at the compound and doing things in just weird ways that you learn to control your body on whatever. So I like, I managed to get through that fine, but that was the only other thing that was in my head was getting a weird swing on that, which lucky enough didn't happen, but 
yeah, I think, yeah, looking at it, because I'd done most of it, it was all pretty okay. And then it was just a matter of, yeah, just doing it. Mm, no, very, very, very interesting. Um, it's a shame more, I guess, more women, we didn't see more women get through. I mean, obviously I think more women might've gotten past the, second obstacle but yeah it was i was thinking i'm not sure how a lot of women would have gone on the uh, on the basket toss but well they didn't there wasn't a lot of women in our heat anyway the yeah. way that they had run it out we pretty much saw every single girl who was in our heat on the show um yeah. except for maybe like i think two but i think just because they had put so many like fast beasts and it made it a really kind of gappy course it was a hard ass for a lot of those shorter girls um, and like, it was a pity Celeste came off when she did, cause she was looking like she was in the zone. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think they maybe have stacked it in that way for a reason, which, you know, kind of sucks if you were like Hannah and it was your first time mm. and you, you end up in that heat. That was pretty rough, but, um, yeah. it's, it's what it is. Yeah. Jessica did awesome as well. Like getting to the same place as Celeste pretty much. Mm. I was like, she'd only started training Ninja like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. She killed it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that actually uh, makes an interesting question. My um, my landlord, I was speaking to him, and he reckons it's unfair. He reckons obviously uh, everything is stacked in in, in men's favour, and he reckons that there should be separate courses uh, for women. And um, I don't know. I don't think so. But what do you guys reckon? Do you reckon that they should next season consider making separate courses for women? I don't, but maybe you guys have different opinions or... Um, I think that's a debate that will go on for eternity and depends on your perspective. Uh, and you can see it from multiple perspectives. So one is just like, you know, it's the only sport in the world really that, you know, puts the girls in with the guys and it's about celebrating just talent. And you ask a lot of the girls like Olivia in particular, like, Oh, would you like to go on a girl's course? She'd be like, hell no, I want to be in there with the guys. Um, so yeah, well it is arguably unfair uh it is it also like celebrates you know it's, it's empowering which i think is awesome um it, it might even come across as in the opposite if you decided to separate them you know mm. like, like you taking in like well you know why would you separate them you know allow everyone to be on an equal playing field and that's i think that's a really good thing about mm. sport is sometimes it doesn't have to be about who's better as well like like bryce has said it's being able to all come together and enjoy this one thing um, no matter who you are, what size you are, where you come from, whatever. Um, and, you know, it's looking for Australia's best ninja. You know, that's what the, the competition's about. And, you know, look at Olivia. She is an absolute beast, along with many other, other girls as well. And you, you saw that season where five of them got the walked wall. And it just goes to prove that if you try really hard and you dedicate all your time to this, it is possible. Um, it, it, you know, don't get me wrong. Some of these things are harder because they are shorter or their you know, wingspan is um, not as long as ours or whatever it may be. But, um, like I said, what Bryson said is really nice. It's about celebrating all doing this one sport together. And I think it's actually a really nice aspect of it. Mm. Um, um, I'll, I'll just jump in. Um, I think like this has been a thing lately for me learning, like getting into outdoor climbing, but like we all know it's a huge compliment to say you climb like a girl. Um, and I think the same thing definitely applies to Ninja because girls like given that a lot of them don't have as much like upper body power, they find ways to do it in ways that are like way more technical or more graceful, elegant. And then some of them like Mon who I train with can like out pull up, like outdo me in pull ups. So, um, and I think for like the crew watching, like it's so inspiring to watch Olivia like trash us, you know, like I think that's way more inspiring than it would be to see her being like 
a big fish in a little pond. You know what I mean? It's like awesome to see her be just as good as any of us guys. Mm. I know Sasuke also did a uh, a women's only version where they took women from the normal season and did a women's only Sasuke and straight up that one episode or the one viewing that they had, they had a woman achieve total victory, but all in all, the views were down. It was bad reviews and they didn't count her victory as a total victory on the normal course because it was such a, a small subset. It's like, like, why'd you do that? Why'd you do this? Yeah. Like, very... Back in the day. But yeah, it, it, from the viewership side of things, I don't think many people would view it purely because of the reasons that all the others have been stating, you know, big fish and little ponds kind of deal. And it's just, it's good to see that the women can do exactly what we can do. And as Rainer was saying, all right, we're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsors. Looking to start training like a ninja warrior or take your training to the next level? Well, look no further than Aussie Grip. Aussie Grip provides superior training grips made from pure polyurethane with stainless steel hardware that is corrosion resistant. And they provide free domestic shipping. Aussie Grip are the leading innovators of training grips in Australia. If you are ready to become a Ninja Warrior, use the code KADIM10 for 10% off your next purchase using the link in the show notes. They find better ways to do it in some ways. Mm. No, I, I think I, you mentioned it with, I can't know who, which other interview, but I think you bring it up on one of the other ones you had that I watched and it can always come across as degrading like because you're putting them on a different course that might be a bit easier it's like saying all right now all women are worse than all the guys and as soon as you say that that's just yeah it's pretty shit so i reckon it's cool that everyone can compete on the same one and it just comes down to how much effort you put in and um like everyone's saying there's different ways to get across things and yeah i reckon that's pretty cool that it's one of the only things you play on the same field mm. no i'm yeah. gonna I definitely <laughs> It is slightly hard for all of us men to be commenting on this. It is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, it isn't a balanced discussion in this episode, but it's still awesome to talk about. And, yeah. like, you know, Jesse Graff wouldn't be Jesse Graff if she wasn't, like, the one girl in, like, a five-person strong stage two and still crushing it. You know what I mean? Mm, no. As well, in America, in the past few seasons, doing the furthest, fastest five females in the qualifiers go through the semis um, or, you know, fastest three or whatever they wanted to do in Australia um, because they have big qualifiers in America. Um, so I certainly think there's something in that just to, um, just to provide a bit of a, uh, what word to put it in, but to keep other girls going and trying to achieve it as well. Because it's a lot of seeing, oh, well, look, in the heats, only two girls made it through. You know, why would I apply and go on the show? Maintain um, that representation. Bit, is that what you're saying? It just gives a bit more um, incentive. Incentive, yes, for for other females to be pushing their limits and, and being, um, not being put off by whether it's fair or not. Um, it's it's Bryson said it's a it's a debate that will go on, and there's you know, but at the end of the day, it's a reality TV show not many people are even getting through to the end anyway. So just to celebrate people's own achievement in their own right is, is the main, main objective. Mm. I think to remember as well, like 
in course testing, they have guys and girls both testing the course. You know, like to, to the viewers, it's like, oh, there's this obstacle course, get through it. But, you know, they haven't just have, uh, you know, guys just course uh, testing the course and just, you know, only guys have made it through. They make sure that it's well represented between different types of body sizes, ages or whatever. In, in course testers, they try and get a good demographic to make sure it is achievable for all types. Um, obviously, it'll be easier and harder for some, but, you know, don't forget that they do try and make uh, to account for everyone. Mm. No, I think very, very interesting uh, conversations. I mean, I personally, I, I have to agree with the majority of not separating um, genders. I do like the fact that we're all together and it makes everyone, well, I would like to think it would make everyone push to be better as we can see with, you know, some of our top, top female competitors. I mean, I would like to see more women do ninja and jump in, but I, you know, it, I've spoken to quite a few women now, I guess on the podcast and, you know, intimidation is a, a factor that they have to overcome, which I can understand. And um, um, so I don't know how to, I don't know how to, how to, how to fix that, I guess. But, you know, when people like all of you guys here with me now are just so damn good, I guess some people will take it two ways. They're going to go, wow, that's super inspiring. I want to be like that. Or, Oh, they're so good. I can never be like that. And I just always find it interesting how people come to those two different, two different roads. Like for me, I think I wouldn't be, you know, half the ninja I am now um, without all of you guys, uh, you know, training and doing what you do. Uh, Cause it gives me something to, 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 to aim for, which is, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, very interesting. Do you guys, what is everyone's, I guess, uh, how does everyone process the course? So when you're being shown, how do you all, I guess, digest, break down? What, what is your little, like your little rituals that you might go through? Um, Maddie, I'll start with you just in case you get. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to leave after this question. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like what uh, Rainer says. I try and visualize it as they're doing it. And then I repeat it in my head and I'm like, right, I'm going to do this. Uh, this is how he's done it. And I'll, I'll maybe think, oh, should, like on, with the steps, for example, obviously they didn't show running on one side, but I went on YouTube and I watched how it was done. So I kind of like, was like, okay, he's like my height. He, you know, just trying to, I guess visualizing is the main thing you can do. And the more variety of things you've trained on, you can uh, visualize yourself doing sort of the same thing. And um I guess on the obstacles that I've never been on, like the, uh, what's the, the, the second obstacle, uh, the third Butter one, butterfly. The, the third obstacle, the, um, bridge of blades, bridge, the bridge of blades. That one, I guess I was, I was nervous for because I didn't know how, how fast it was going to turn, how slow it was going to turn. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't, um, feel that when I watched the guy do it, but, uh, luckily it turned out okay. But yeah, that's, I guess visualizing is the main thing I can, uh, I do. I've got to go anyways. I'm um, all good, Matt. Thank you so much for jumping on, man. Work as much as it is. See you guys. I hope hope you all have a good day. (laughs) Um, Thanks for inviting me. No worries. Thank you so much, Matt. Appreciate it. See you you later. Rob, I'll ask you next. I know you uh, might need to sneak away as well. Um, So what's your sort of process that you go through? Yeah. When I'm watching the the course testers, I'm kind of the opposite to Matt. Uh, Being a gymnast, I know how, to move my body, I know where I am, my proprioception is really good. I really watch to see how the obstacle reacts. So if you take like high bar and Geordie, you attest to this 
high bar, for example, in gymnastics, you know exactly how that bar is going to react when you push on it. And being able to know that you can then utilize that. And so that's the kind of thing I look for when the obstacle testers are doing their thing that, uh, you know, he kind of pushed somewhat softly on that foot and that's, it's already spinning that fast. So obviously it's quite loose or, you know, he's hanging really heavily on that and it's not moving. Cool. That's a solid, solid thing to hang on. That's the stuff I look for. That's very interesting. I've never thought about it like that. That's um, that's awesome. Freddie, what about you, man? I know you might have to run off as well. Yeah, might have to bounce up this. Um, yes, a bit of both actually, but more towards Rob's, which is seeing how the obstacle reacts. I've come from engineering and like to really understand the principles of what's going on in an obstacle. I've looked for hyper detail. So if they're doing the bridge of blades, for instance, it's exactly what foot were they using and where did they place it on the first one. So really understanding mechanically the obstacle so that I can put myself in the best uh chance of, of succeeding on that obstacle um something like the bar hop one cradles rubber one is slick so you know you miss one detail like that and all of a sudden you can you know change the whole obstacle so yeah really focusing on, on every detail as much as possible and then when i'm back in the green room i just probably take about half an hour to myself to just really break down and visualize everything that just went on so i don't forget any information so yeah just drive it in mm. No, absolutely. Uh, Raina, what about you, mate? Um, similar to what the other guys are saying in terms of um, mechanics and stuff like that, I think that's very important. And it's, I feel like every ninja who's competed for any amount of time has had that experience of jumping on something, it feeling completely different to their expected and coming off. Shout out to Matty Bowles. Um, but as well, I think it's beta hacks for me. That's probably a big thing I'm looking for. So simple things like um, the first bar hop cradle um, works like a rainbow lachet. So like trying to stay long armed and drive it all from your feet rather than from your hips or chest mm. to prevent the bar from swinging around. And then secondly, because the next cradle is like Fred was saying plastic. Um, if you choke, oh, I lost it. <laughs> That's all right. Can, can we still hear you though? You still there? Nope. Uh, uh, rain it down, rain it down. Okay. Bryson, you want to pick up the, pick up the slack? Yeah, so as I've been a competitive rock climber for most of my life, uh, visualizing is a huge part um, of competing. Um, so being able to look at a course or a climb and you know, just pick out every individual hand move, foot move, like body move, when to engage your core um, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, so to be super dialed on exactly what you're doing to be as efficient as possible. Um, so like minimal movements, uh, minimal effort, minimal pulling, um, but then also at the same time leaving room for like adapting um, and, you know, keeping that sort of, that balance between super efficient, but also like if something goes wrong, not just being like, well, this is, that's it. I'm off. I've been able to adapt and overcome. Yeah. A hundred percent. Jordy. What about you, bro? Um, yeah, it's funny how everyone kind of hovers around the same visualization thing because mm -hmm. I, I find that so important. And, and I guess all of us here, all when we see an obstacle course like this, we all know that we're physically capable of getting through it just getting out there and getting it done. 
So I think for me, I really like to put emphasis on staying positive and completing the course mentally first, because once you've done that, then you've only pretty much done the course. You just have to go out and actually just get it done. Mm. And if in your head you have all these fears about falling, then it's almost like you've already fallen, you know? So I think it's really important to stay positive and have and, and visualize. And I think one really important thing that I've learned from gymnastics, you know, like in gym, I've done sometimes the same routine a thousand times, what it feels like, and it's never, ever been the same. It's the same skills, the same apparatus and everything, and it's never been the same. So yeah. to assume that this course and this obstacle is going to go the way that I think it is, is I think a probably a large assumption to make. So the going to, you know, this is how I want to get it done, but I'm open for alternative things to happen and, and to be open for compromises, I think is a really important thing because it never goes the way that you think it will. Mm, 100%. Charles? Um, yeah, probably pretty similar to everyone in terms of um, breaking down obstacles and like when you're watching an obstacle, seeing like the guys were saying before, seeing which part of it moves and which bit is a good bit to stand on or whatnot. So trying to suss out how obstacles move. Um, I do try and visualize a little bit, I suppose, but then also taking a bit from what Bryson said is not getting so caught up in a plan that when the plan goes wrong, you don't have anything to fall back on. Mm. Uh, so when Rainer just then before said for the first bar hopper lache, he was doing like a rainbow lache or whatever he said it was. Um, some different, I don't know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> Hello, I'm back. Sorry, phone died. All good. Oh, All good. Um, talking about you, not to you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he was sort of thinking about which type of lache he's going to do to that. I don't get sort of probably that in depth. Um, I'm just thinking to myself, all right, hop it and then don't let your body swing. And when I think to myself about not swinging, that sort of takes care of what happens. Yeah. So when it's got, when we come to like the basket toss and you're thinking, all right, I've got to be in this position so that when I swing through, it counteracts this bit. I'm not really thinking about which way I'm going to pull and push. I sort of just, it almost comes naturally just because like I said before, we've trained on that many different obstacles. So I'll sort of half picture it, but then leave enough room that I can just sort of flow the rest. I think. So yeah, get an understanding for the obstacle and then, Get, have a rough plan and then just see what happens when you get there. But I think, yeah, trying to understand how an obstacle works is probably the most important thing because if you are going into it and if you don't understand how it works, you're going to have so much doubt and you're probably not going to commit to what you're about to try and do. So having a good enough understanding of what's going to happen once you do something and then from there you can just, yeah, do it. Yeah, 100%. Sorry, Raina, you got cut off. You are talking about, obviously, uh, uh, the rainbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, rainbow that's the thing rainbow. I picked up off lay. That's a that's a lay word. But yeah, I suppose it just comes <laughs> back to like how I break stuff down and how I train in general, which is just trying to absorb as much information off everyone as I can and steal everyone's things. So like even now after watching Charlie manage to dismount off the first swing on the basket toss and hearing him in the Instagram story of mine being like, effing get off Rainy, you idiot. <laughs> I'm going to go and try and throw some loose matches on things to get used to being in the air. <laughs> oh, but um, then like yeah, what on. I was saying about the, um, the bar hop is that for me, the way I broke it down was being like, okay, so we don't want the bar to move. So I'm going to drive it with my feet, um, which is a type of lache that's kind of different to another one. And then for example, knowing that the second cradle is slippery, 
I was intentionally going in to choke up on my arms with it so that it kind of like counteracted the, um, the role of the bar a bit, but that's mm. just the way that I like, I approach stuff. Um, and even like with the three, the stride at the start on the quad, the quad steps, um, I wasn't sure that I would have enough juice from the start line, which is why I did that hectic, like back up into the corner because I wanted to make sure there wasn't any error in that. And that was something that every time I visualized my course run through, I was backing up into the corner, you know, it's like, for me, it was every single thing that I did the whole way. Um, but you know, like Bryson and Charlie were saying, it's, you don't want to be so locked in that if you make a mistake, you panic. So it's probably trying to find a sweet spot. Oh, hundred percent. No, even now, I mean, a lot of the stuff makes sense and things that I've adopted, but even just little things like what you said, Rob, about looking at the impact, I think I take that in, but I don't actually think about mm. that in such detail, which now I'm going to be uh, processing. I even thought like potentially even bring like, um, like a binoculars or something so you can see like little things like, you know, the doorknobs, do they spin? Do they, <laughs> so I might, I, might, I might do that next time. One of I remember, I I don't give anything away, but like we did the state of origin thing, some a few of us, and I remember this the they use an obstacle at the beginning, which is like the couple steps, but it's like a snake kind of run, and you know it was the weirdest thing. The only thing I was worried about that whole run was like how the hell I was going to do that, and so before I was like I don't know how to do it, and, and I was walking up there and I looked at it, I'm like I don't know how to do it, and they're like all right three two one, and I was like I don't know how to do it, and you just kind of start. <laughs> Because sometimes, like, no matter how much preparation or trying, or how you, you're trying to uh, approach something or think about it, you just kind of go with the flow as well and just trust what you can do in your skill set. But I just remember thinking, how the hell am I going to get through this? And it, it worked out being fine, obviously, but, um, you know, it's just kind of weird things like that. Yeah. No, I, absolutely. How do you boys deal with, I guess, uh, the pressure of, you know, being told that, you know, you're amazing, you're so great? How do you how do you internalize that and not let it, uh, I guess, get to you um, or um, inflate your ego potentially? Like, how how do you guys manage to deal with all the admiration that you might? I just think because I got I got to head off. Um, I've never Fred. heard anyone say that, so it's not been a problem. I don't. <laughs> Freddie, you're amazing. Um, oh, thank you. No. Um, no, the, the old time, no, the old time where people have said, oh, you know, it's really impressive. Um, I just think I'm just happy doing my thing. Um, and if people find enjoyment or inspired by that, that's it. Um, mm. But yeah, it doesn't come up too often. So yeah, it, it's quite nice when it does. And I'm, but I'm sure it's just I'm out there doing my thing and that's about it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming right, on, Freddie. You, you got to jump off, man. I appreciate yeah, it, bro. It's good it's seeing good. your face. Thanks so much for, for the yeah. question. Um, really appreciate you putting in the time. And thanks, guys. I'll catch you soon. Take care, mate. See you later. Oh, I'll you, have to jump in as well because I'll have to go in a sec. But um, yeah, similar to Fred, that you just you're doing your thing, and it helps with all these other legends around that they're at a similar level. When you go, you're kind of humbled by that every time that someone comes up to you and says, "Oh, it's amazing what you're doing," and you're going, "Well, yeah, but these guys are too." You know, there's there's more than just me. There's more than just these guys. Everyone around you is uh, awesome. So it's really helpful to have everyone else around as well. A hundred percent. Rob, thank you so much for taking yeah, the time from work, man. Yeah. I appreciate no it. Thanks for having me. No worries, buddy. Take it I'm easy. Years old later. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, what about you, mate? Oh, I don't actually refer to anyone. Sorry, Jordy. Like I'll start with. 
um, I guess like, I think a really important thing to remember, if people do say things like that, it's because you've put a lot of hard work into where to get to where you are. And I think, you know, the danger of you say, you know, getting to your head too much would be assumed that you didn't have to go to a lot of hours of training or, or you know, or hard work to get there. Um, so I think it's, it's quite humbling. It's more of a reflection of that all the hard work and training you did paid off. Um, and it's really inspiring and, and motivating to me. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm in the right direction. I want to keep doing that. It's more like feedback from people. Um, mm. And, you know, obviously it's like, it's a really weird thing for people to, to say like, oh, amazing. Well, whatever they may say. Um, mm. But I think it really inspires me um, that, you know, I'm, I have positive change in people's lives or whatever it may be. But it's, it's definitely a good reflection that you, you're doing the right thing. You're in the right direction. Um, and that wants me to do more of that you know, um, try harder and keep training harder to keep doing that. Mm, 100%. Bryson? Uh, this is actually a really complex sort of uh, topic, um, which I have had a, a lot of thought towards. Um, so I grew up with a very sort of, yeah, it's a weird balance, being able to positive feedback and then also sort of manage it in like a somewhat respectful way. Um, so yeah, I grew up with a very, lot of like sort of toxic masculinity and like this culture of like, just you have to always behave with absolute humility, no matter what. Um, Any sort of like, it's just more, more negative feedback than positive feedback. Um, and then putting myself, like getting into this position where I'm getting a lot of positive feedback, uh, then sort of figuring out how to take it on board. So, you know, it's just as annoying, um, Oh, it, it, like, I mean, it's really annoying when you try to give someone some positive feedback and they just dismiss it instantly. And like, no, like, like, no, nah, like, yeah, that was good. But like, this was shit. Like, then they just focus on the negatives. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm learning to like allow myself to, to take on that, that positive feedback and it, like, and enjoy it. Like it's, it's not a negative thing to enjoy that positive feedback. Um, but like everything in life, particularly any sort of feedback, I always try to look at it objectively. So if someone gives me a compliment and I can see like the origin of that compliment, I'll, you know, I'll be thankful. But then, you know, sometimes like, you know, Dan Mason just messaged me like, Oh, that run was so smooth. Like it was all like all perfect. I'm like, did you see me nearly fall off the bar? Hop? <laughs> um, I did actually, that wigged me out. I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. Nearly did that. That was freak. Um, <laughs> um yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't really like the culture of like, oh, you always have to be humble. You're like, no, like we're doing awesome stuff, and you know, we're inspiring a lot of people, and it's not unusual to enjoy. Like, it's like it, it's so weird that I feel so unnatural saying how uh, how unnatural, like how it's bad to enjoy positive feedback, which is just ridiculous. Mm. But like that sort of been so deeply set to me um that i'm i'm overcoming that and trying to yeah be more positive towards everyone and myself absolutely what about you charles you yeah. get a lot of it um no it's been it's good sort of when you do hear all that positive stuff it almost um for me it kind of sets an expectation like people have especially because I've only had one year and everyone's been like, Oh, this guy's good. So it sort of almost puts a bit more pressure on me. That's good. It makes me feel that I have to do good again 
which is good i find because then yeah. it makes you like train better and stuff um yeah and sort of pushes you to sort of try hard and all that kind of stuff but it's easy not to get too big headed because when you train with like ash and zach and there's always something that they can do that you can't do and i think that's the other great thing about ninja is like geordie for example you could have like a five meter lash i'm nowhere near that so i could maybe do one thing that you can do but then you've got something on top of me so it's really easy not to get too big headed because there's always going to be someone out there that can do something that you can't do yeah, there's so many aspects to this this sport, you know what I mean? It's not like, not heading on any other sports, but for example, like long jump, you know, you, you kind of got to do one, you know, action or whatever it may one be. One long jump. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with ninja, it's never ending. So you can never perfect every domain. So I, I kind of like what you, what you said there about that because there's always something to be better at. If you're, you're the best at everything, well, then that's pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, because, and with ninja, because you never know what you're going to get for a course. So you can never say that one person is like the best because they could just have a night where every obstacle lines up with all their skills. Um, so for example, Zach really struggled on the doorknobs, obviously got through them, but he found them really hard just because his hands were too big for him and he was pretty much doing a mono along each one. <laughs> but you can put 30 fat chucks in a line and he'll kill any of us. So... Mm there's a bit of luck like yes you train as hard as you can to get as good as you are but then it sort of comes down to a bit of luck on the night and yeah you just got to hope that the obstacles line up in your favor and that you've trained enough variety and yeah Mm. ryan what about you man um for me it's been a bit of a surreal experience today and last night um to finally kind of get there and have it come together because like for me it's been a story of like working really hard for a long time and just not having it come together for for a long time as well um but it's been really cool because i never really understood everyone's like this gushing like thankfulness that people have because like i I never got it until like being in this position now it's crazy because like i am now like carrying the hopes of so many people you know what i mean it's like i'm the people's like the champion of all of these people that know me specifically like my mom sent me a photo of one of the kids that she teaches right like a prep kid who's sitting on a couch having passed out watching the episode waiting for my run wearing like a rain man t-shirt and two rain man badges i don't even know where she got them from and i'm like man that kid's hopes are like in my performance and it's like really surreal um and then like again like um another one like my friend who i work with most of the time he's got four little little kids and he showed me a video this morning of like him recording their reaction to my run. And it was crazy because then they watched Bryson's run and she, like his five-year-old girl, it just has the dirtiest look on her face. And she's like, how dare he beat my champion? <laughs> now I'm like, oh, damn. Now I'm like, man, I, maybe I should have like gone harder for the power tower because now I've let like this crew down. And it's crazy, but not in like a, um, not in like a detrimental sense where I feel pressure negatively it's more like i have more to like work for now because these people are like you know holding on to me as their champion in this crazy show which is really cool yeah oh man that's that's uh that's awesome it's great to hear all the sort of you know it's the same question but i'm getting all these slightly different responses which i really really like and i'm i've already learned so much i mean even for myself and my own journey you know i i really uh didn't really come into my own until Mm, start of 
uh, last year, I think. Um, uh, it wasn't until I went to America that I actually realized maybe I'm not that crap because I'd always, <laughs> um, you know. It's hard when you train with the Peninsula boys, eh? It, it, it really is. Um, no, I don't think I really allowed myself or gave myself permission to think I could be better. Um, like even at the compound, I don't think I've actually hit a buzzer yet. I don't think I've actually finished the comp in four years. Uh, the time is coming to them. It, it is. It All is coming. going to come together and you're just going to crush it. Uh, I hope so. But yeah, so like, you know, I can, I can totally understand. I'm listening to all this stuff and it, it, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, it's really interesting to hear. So uh, for Charles and, and Bryson, obviously the power tower, one of the two could, uh, could touch it. That was, Charlie, uh, man, that little send on that the That move. Bro. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, can um, I jump in on this question, Kadeem? Because I have something I want to say. Jump it's in. just like... Charlie versus Bryson to me is like a breakdown of like two disciplines of Ninja Warrior. You have like the completionist Ninja Superhouse side where you've got like Fred and Ben and Liv and Bryson who are all very like technical minded and like they're good because they flow through obstacles. And then you have like the Brap Peninsula Ninjas who were just all just like raw horsepower and just carry twin V8s on their elbows. And then like just the way that power tower went down, it's like, I don't need to explain these fine details of Ninja anymore because I can just say you have like Charlie's and you have Bryson's and it's like, they're both incredibly good, but in very different ways. It was, oh, know what's better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Charlie, I gotta say, what were you think? Obviously, look, you, you look, you both, both of you boys look like you were having fun. But once he was up ahead, what was going through your brain? Were you think? Were you like, crap? I, I really need to, like, were you worried that you were gonna lose, or or were you just like, ah, man, I'm just, I'll just do what I'll just see what I can do? What um, was going through your brain, if you remember. Um, if you go on the power tower, you want to win it. There's no point coming second. Yeah, uh, and Bryson, <laughs> rip. <laughs> He was, he was ahead of me. So there was no point in me taking a backswing or anything. So the only thing I was thinking was how can I get ahead? And for us, if you take away that height of being four stories up, that's not anything like you would see that at the compound normally and be like, Oh yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think <laughs> when I saw him ahead of me, I was just like, Oh, I just got to make it happen. And luckily a bit <laughs> of the and stuff had kicked in and, but yeah, there was an awesome photo of us at the bottom trying to both get back onto the um, balance. That was we were, so good. I think I was looking at you and I was smiling and you were like holding onto the pole and you were like smiling and it was just like, oh, that was a cool picture. And I did that, that weird like spin around thing on the pole. The go-go like, turn. Are you? <laughs> but yeah, I think a bit of training kicking in and like I said, even if I fell, it, like I could finish a second behind him or I could fall and it's the same result really. Hmm. So... It was the only option I think I saw in my head was to just send it. Got to risk it for the biscuit. Man, mm. yeah, I was like, oh, four stories high. I don't oh, know, for me. You should have seen it live, dude. It was terrifying. It was. Watching <laughs> that was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what would happen if, like, you landed on, like, the, the U-bar? What if that <laughs> not early? How does that get released? It, there's a mechanical system. It just gets out of the way. So if people you ran across it and like landed on it, it could have just fallen out. You stood off, right? 
Oh my god, I don't even want to think. Because <laughs> everyone who fell on it, right, and, and jumped on it, and like what you did, Charlie, you kind of spun around. I'm like, what if that thing came out? Like, it just didn't. Well, it, uh, that happened to Ashlyn. It disconnected yeah. before he was really kind of off it. Mm. And then right. he just mm. did that huge, like, monkey forearm wrap on it. Yeah. Mm. And then took out his nuts at the same time. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, man, I don't really have much. I don't really have much more way to ask. Oh, Raina, there was a question for you. I, I thought there'd be more questions coming in, but there was there was a question for you, Raina. Is it hard being ridiculously good looking? What do you have to say for that? <laughs> Was that Bryson? <laughs> As for you, Raina. So. Um, well, look, this is my answer to you. How does it go? Yeah. I, think, I, I think my screen just cracked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was from uh, that was from uh, Charlotte, I believe. Oh, <laughs> oh, she's a friend. She's Is always she? roasting me. Okay. Okay. Well, I thought maybe it might have been an admirer. So I was like, okay, well, you're nah, right nah. I was gonna message her and say, I hope you know he's married. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, guys, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I don't have much more to Thanks, ask. That, that was amazing. I learned a lot. I think people will learn a lot. I think it's really good you know, hearing from you guys, especially at the, at the, at the very top. So, you know, cause you're all amazing. Don't get a big head. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, but, uh, what's on, uh, you guys, able, are you still able to work? Are some of you still working? I'm working like one day a week. Maybe. One day a week. Yeah. yeah. Unemployed, baby. Unemployed, living the dream. Um, I'm, I'm still like as normal. I'm busier than ever. Uh, I think we have dodged it so far a lot in Queensland. Um, but you know, we may still get locked down again. Who knows? Yeah, Charles, you just um, just yeah, well, try and ride it out. Keep your masks on. That's it. So we're not allowed out past eight o'clock. And mm. does that affect Kadeem? Because I've talk to someone this morning that said it wasn't until wednesday that it comes out oh no that was a that was of last night my friend yeah so, uh yeah no. don't, don't go out past eight mate i mean i don't know what the police are like out your way man there's probably like what one officer what one police officer or something for yeah sounds about right um <laughs> yeah, golf pretty much every day so i've got like a little climbing wall out the back that i've built and then i can turn that into a little net like to hit balls into so i was doing that this morning before i jumped on with you um yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do it'll be interesting oh, you know how long you're gonna stay in place for or yeah what was that sorry you know how long the curfew's gonna stay in place for or even a lockdown if they give you like a rough um obviously it depends on how it all reacts obviously they, but, they're yeah. telling us six weeks or six, six weeks of uh stay for i mean it depends i mean if cases suddenly if cases suddenly drop, they might pull it back, but they're not, they don't sound like they're going to mm. even thinking Preparing about it. Preparing for six weeks at least at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so Dang. it's, mm. I mean, look, it but, is what it is. It's, it's, um, I'm just, I ordered a, uh, I keep saying this all the time, I ordered a pull up bar, so I'm like so excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I that should come this probably week. Do a bit of work on your upper body, hey. Yeah. The architraves the along the door frames. That's all you, know you need. You don't know how weak I've gotten, man. Uh, I can I, see those shoulders bulging out of that black jacket. 
Oh man, no, that's just that's, that's just. Kadeem's yeah. actually been curling a sixty kilo dumbbell underneath the desk this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> entire time. He's just down there like, oh yeah. <laughs> I thought of something you can do during lockdown, right? And this is one thing that I will say definitely contributed in some way to my like achievements on the last season, and that's just watching a heap of animes, dude. Nothing more inspiring for your training than watching people just getting punched in the face and then going, Mata, Mata! And just training for thousands of hours. 100%. Thousands of hours. And then you watch, so you can be watching one anime and then you watch another one and the kid getting beat up and then all of a sudden trains for a thousand hours and becomes a superhero. That's all you need to do. Learns to fly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, you just fly to the top of Mount Midoriyama, just straight from the start line of the heat. <laughs> Clearly, none of us are training enough. No. Yeah. Who's uh, on tonight? Is anyone sending tonight? Yeah. Zach, Troy, Ash, Sarah. Where are you guys? Dan, I'm on tomorrow night. Okay. I can't remember in my head. You, are you, so, you don't, Jordy, you don't, know what, you don't know when you're on? No, no I'm, I'm on tonight. But I don't you're know who Okay. All right. Damn. We can't talk. We can't exactly uh, talk about it, but um, guys, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Um, and I'd like to, you know, depending on how everything pans out, I'd like to definitely bring, bring you lads uh, back on, you know, post semis um, grand final. We'll see what happens. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I really look forward to, you know, speaking more, catching up and uh, I'm sure the people, the people have been really enjoying this. So, um, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate thanks, it. Kidding. Thanks for putting it all together. Oh, that's it, man. That's it. Now, fun to watch uh, them all. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I'll probably just end it. But um, <laughs> thank you yeah, very much, lad. Really appreciate all. Cheers, this. mate. Really nice chat. Nah, thank that's you, man. And uh, good luck. Good luck that's over the next four days. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. I'll see that's you guys. See you later. Take care. Cheers. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's episode on The Way of the Ninja podcast. If you would like to be kept in the loop, please subscribe today. If you would like to help support the podcast and help us grow, please consider becoming a Patreon member today. There is a link in the show notes or else you can go directly to our Instagram page at 52 ninja